Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. Well, good morning. It is so good to see each one of you here on New Year's Day, and I don't know if you stayed up until midnight, maybe when the ball dropped in New York, or if you were like me and was in bed probably by 9.30 or 10 o'clock last night. Um, Whatever brought you here this morning, I'm so glad that you are here. And when Pastor Scott asked all of our KidSpot Junior and KidSpot friends to wave, I saw you, but I want to also wave to the people who are watching online right now. And so if you are joining us, uh, maybe you're still out of town or you've taken the day to be at home, I want to wave at you and say that I'm so glad that you're joining us. Now, this lull between Christmas Day and New Year's Day um, has a lot of different looks depending on maybe your occupation. If you're a teacher, you've still had the week off. If you are working in some other industry, you've probably not known exactly what day it is and am I supposed to go to work today or not. Um, Maybe some of you were able to have a little bit of a slower week, no matter what your occupation is. And maybe you were able to take some time to reflect on the year that you have had. For me, 2022 was a pretty fantastic year for the most part. Um, It started off in the spring, being able to do some final ordination interviews and getting ready for an ordination service for me that was going to be in the summer also was able to take um, our 2020 trip that got postponed a couple of years that we've been dreaming of for a while. And so 2022 was headed in a really great direction until the week of Thanksgiving. It was the week of Thanksgiving that I got some news that was pretty unexpected, something that took my breath away, that I wasn't prepared for in that moment. I was in a meeting with a friend of mine, and in that meeting she said, that she wasn't sure that she was going to be able to be here to see 2023. That physically, she wasn't sure that she was going to make it. And when she first said that, at first I was stunned, and I went home and wasn't really sure how I felt about it, wasn't really sure what to think. And then all of a sudden, I started feeling all of the feelings and all of the emotions, and, and I found myself pretty shaken up. It was in one of those mornings after that that I was stopped And I was having a moment of quiet reflection with the Lord. And I heard him say, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And I wish I could say that in a great pastoral moment, I knew exactly where that verse was and what came after it, but I couldn't think of what came next. But I had to remember, what was I supposed to call to mind? Where was I supposed to find this hope? What was it supposed to be about? So my good friend Google and I hung out for a little bit, and I found that what comes next is found in the book of Lamentations. Lamentations is not a verse that you want to start your new year off with. No one wants to read Lamentations on New Year's Day. If you're not familiar with Lamentations, Lamentations is a book of lamenting, a book of grieving, a book of mourning. The author of Lamentations is writing about his city, his whole world, if you will, that's being taken captive and it's being destroyed. And then beyond just his own world, he takes it very personally. And he starts talking about his own grieving and his own heartache and his own pain. And it's in the middle of him talking about his own grief and his own bitterness and his own heartache that we find what comes next. Of After this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. If we look at Lamentations 3, starting in verse 21, we read that this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. 
Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Now remembered in that moment that I can have hope, not because of the situation, not because of the world around me, but I can have hope because he is faithful. And that faithfulness that it's talking about is this unwavering steadiness. A lot of times we get the news like I got about my friend and we find ourselves wavering. We're not always faithful to what he has promised. But no matter how we take the news initially, I want you to know that you can have hope today no matter what you're facing because we can trust that he is faithful. As we reflect on the year, and maybe 2022 was a fantastic year for you, maybe it was kind of a rough year, I don't know. As we reflect on the year that has just gone by, some of us like to look and see what we can learn from and how we want to do things differently as a result of how things happened. Some of us just like to pretend like last year didn't happen at all and we're going to set our new goals, our new resolutions. And some of us don't even want to set resolutions at all. We kind of get in this habit of last year looked just like the year before that, and it looked just like the year before that, so why would I take the time to even stop and try to do things differently? I think it's important for us to take moments to reflect. And whether that's calendar year changes, whether it's your birthday, maybe there's some other date that's a significant moment in your life, like a sobriety date, that allows you to stop and to reflect I think it's important that we take time to examine our lives, but so many times we focus on either things that are physical, maybe financial, maybe emotional, but how often do we stop and examine our lives spiritually? This year, I don't want to challenge you to do some New Year's resolutions. If you wanna do that on your own, that's fine. But what I wanna challenge you this year is to do one thing spiritually. What I wanna challenge you with this year is that you would commit that this is the year that I will live by faith. You can choose to live by faith whether 2022 was a great year or a horrible year. You can choose to live by faith this year whether you are used to living by faith or whether this is a brand new concept. It's something that we can continue to do year after year after year. There's a lot of confusion about what it looks like to live by faith. So living by faith doesn't mean that arbitrarily, on a whim, that you're just going to pack everything up, maybe sell everything you have and move across the world. Living by faith doesn't mean that on a whim you give away everything that you've got. But what does it mean to live by faith? We're going to get there in just a little bit. There's so much that we can learn about faith, so many different examples, so many different passages of Scripture. We talk about a lot of our favorite Bible characters, our favorite Bible heroes. And if we want to find them, a lot of them at least, in one spot, there's one place, and it's actually not in the Old Testament, it's actually in the New Testament, where we can find so many of our favorite Bible characters in one spot. It's in the book of Hebrews, and that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning, is in Hebrews. But if you were to read the first few chapters of Hebrews, and I'm going to greatly summarize them here, please take the time to dig into it yourself. But if you spend time looking at the first few chapters of Hebrews, what you're going to see is a call to spiritual growth, a call to spiritual maturity, a call to not just live life the way that you've always lived it, but to continue to grow and to mature. It reminds us of the covenant that we have with God. 
It reminds us of what Jesus did on the cross for us and the access that it gives us to our Heavenly Father as a result. And so because of all the things that we have access to, to the Father, because we have been forgiven, we're able to enter into this relationship with God. We're going to pick up this morning in Hebrews 10, verses 19. Because we have been forgiven, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, not being tossed around like our own emotions do, but holding on unswervingly, because he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we skip down then to verse 36, it says you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, and, but my righteous ones will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. There's a lot that we could dig into. There's so much that we could learn over this chapter in Scripture and take it apart, get into all the details. But if I wanted to focus on two things out of this first passage from Hebrews, the two things that I see that really stick out are first that we have permission to draw near to God that we're able to come into his presence, that we're able to draw near, not timidly, not pulled back, but confidently able to enter into his presence because of the work that Jesus did for us. We have permission to come close to him. But not only do we have permission to draw close to him, we have an obligation to live by faith. As Christians, the righteous ones, the ones who have drawn close to God, the ones who have received his forgiveness, and called us to live by faith. That may all sound great, but I think we have to start by asking one basic question as we get started, and that is, what is faith? I was asking some of my younger friends this question over the last couple of weeks. Um, I took some time a couple of weeks ago to ask some of our different kids in the church, and honestly, I was really hoping that I was gonna get at least one funny answer to be able to share with you guys, but we have some really thoughtful, and kind and very smart kids in this church. Um, and I believe that goes a lot to the very kind and thoughtful and smart parents that we have raising them, our children's programming that we have that's investing God's word into their lives. Even um, the youngest one I talked to was six, and she gave me some of the most profound answers. But let me share some of them with you this morning. When I ask them, what is faith? One says faith means believing in God. Another said to believe in somebody. Someone said to believe in something. I love this one from a nine-year-old saying, not being scared of new challenges. I also asked a couple of adults, and I loved their answers. One said, trusting in God, even when you don't understand or know what's going on, giving him complete control. Another said, holding on to something, even when it feels like there's nothing else to hold on to. Knowing and believing, even when it doesn't feel like it. We've got this definition of faith right here in Hebrews. 
as we continue on in our journey. And Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Faith requires this waiting with expectancy, waiting with anticipation. If we're confident that something's gonna happen, we're not just sitting back idly. We're on the edge of our seat waiting to see how God is going to move. It takes a commitment to be able to walk out the things that we believe he's calling us to do. But most importantly, I believe that faith takes steps of action. It's confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we don't see. This is what the ancients were commended for. A lot of times I've found myself, if um, you're asking a stranger a little bit about their background, they might describe themselves as a person of faith. I know I've used that before. Now tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a person of faith. But how many times do we use that to describe ourselves or maybe to describe someone else? We don't actually know what we're believing for. Can we say that we're a person of faith if we're not actively believing for something? My challenge for you this morning, my question for you to consider is what are you believing for? What are you expectant for in this new year. As in Hebrews 11, we see a lot of our favorite Bible characters who were applauded for how they lived by faith. We see people like Abraham, who was with his wife Sarah, promised that they were going to become the parents of nations. At that point, they hadn't even had one child, much less become the parents of multitudes. They were able to have that child, but Abraham ended up dying before he would have seen the great population that came. We look at Moses, Moses whose own parents acted in faith because the evil king was trying to kill all the little babies. And so his mom put him in a basket, sent him down the river to try to keep him safe. And while he was being kept safe, he was rescued out of the water by the king's princess. And that princess raised him as her own. But as Moses grew up, knowing that he was going to be able to have all the luxuries of living in this palace, he realized that that wasn't where he needed to be. And so in faith, Moses leaves the king's house. Moses goes, and he goes to be with his own people, and he rescues them from the evil king to get them out of their situation of slavery. It's pretty remarkable to think about one man rescuing what probably was millions of people. That in and of itself seems like a great act of faith, but they faced obstacle after obstacle after obstacle until finally they end up in front of this giant red sea. There's no way to go because the bad guys are chasing behind them. They're just staring at an ocean, basically trying to figure out what's coming next. Moses takes his staff and he holds it out and God parts the waters. It's easy to look at the end of the story because we know how these stories end and we forget what it's like to have stepped out in faith. Look at Noah. Noah, for example, was building an ark because there was a flood coming, but at that point they had never even seen rain. And what remarkable steps of faith it must have taken for Noah to be willing to build a boat day after day after day after day, probably being made fun of, persecuted in some ways, while he's out there building this boat because he knew it was what he was supposed to do. There's a portion in scripture that I have missed. 
that says, it's the end of Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, 39, that says these were all commended for their faith. There's a whole list. I just gave you three. There's a whole list. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised because God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. There was a promise of something better that was coming, a Messiah that was coming, and each one of these Hebrew characters lived out their faith to the best of their ability without ever seeing the answer that was coming on the other side. When I grew up learning about faith, there wasn't a whole lot of talking about what happens if faith doesn't work out the way that you expect it to. Generally, it was, well, you just need to believe better. You need to have more faith. There's not a lot of talk about what happens when you don't see the answer. And yet, the ones who were applauded for living out their faith didn't always see the answers that they were looking for. Yet their acts of faith left a legacy that was going to last for hundreds and thousands of years beyond what their current situation was all about. I wanted to bring this home for a minute. Where have you seen God's faithfulness in your own life? It's easy to be facing our own obstacles, fighting cancer, fighting struggles, fighting addiction, fighting relationship issues. It's easy to see all of our struggles and to see them as being these insurmountable problems, but I want to take you back. Where have you seen God's faithfulness in your own life? We've got the stories of God's faithfulness in the real-life stories of the Bible. We've also got examples of God's faithfulness in friends and in family members. It's what I love about being a part of a church where we've got so many generations because we can encourage each other with our own stories. I'm encouraged by the stories of people who are 30, 40, 50 years older than I am, and I've heard their stories of how they didn't know how they were going to make ends meet, and yet God met their need where they were. How they gave when they didn't have what they needed to be able to buy groceries that day, but yet they were still faithful and obedient to what God had called them to do. And so on the other side of it, God still blessed them and kept his promise to be faithful no matter what. We've got these stories that we're able to encourage each other with. And some of you have been living this out. You've been modeling this. You've been living by faith for decades. You're the examples that we are now following. For some of us, this is brand new. Now, I don't care how old you are. Maybe some of you didn't grow up in the church. You didn't know what it looked like to live by faith. And so for those of us who this maybe is newer for, we get to learn. And we get to decide that this is the year that we're going to take these steps. Some of us have known that this is what we're supposed to be doing, and we haven't done it in a while. We've given up. We've backed off. We haven't pursued the life of faith that God has called us to. We've forgotten that God may have more for us than just getting up, going to work, coming home, cooking dinner, cleaning the kitchen, put the kids to bed, go to bed yourself, wake up the next day and do it all over again. It's easy to get in our ruts, our routines, and miss out on the life that God has for us to do when we walk in obedience to him. I asked my younger friends a second question, and I asked them, what are you believing for? More than the fact that they had specific answers, I just love the fact that they quickly had an answer. Because if I went around and asked a lot of adults, a lot of adults would be pausing, they'd want to make sure they got it right, they'd want to make sure that what they said was profound enough, or maybe they just have no clue. 
because we're so stuck in our ruts. But I asked my young friends, what are you believing for this year? What would be something that would be special that you could believe God and pray and ask God to do for you that you can't do on your own? Here's where some of their answers. <clears throat> one said that I would get to live with God one day. My six-year-old friend said that God would help everyone when they're having issues and we don't have to struggle when we're having a hard time because we can pray for him to help us. One said for my family to be happy. Another said to be with her family. and Another said that she could see her whole family for Christmas because they've moved away and she doesn't get to see her cousins as much anymore. One said to help her do stuff that she hasn't been able to do. And I think that could probably be our prayer for all of us, right? One of the adults said, renewal, a fresh start. That they want to be expectant for God to do something new in their life, that he's got something in store for her, and she wants to know what it is. Sometimes our beliefs are things of faith or for things that we want, and I believe God gives us desires. He puts desires in our hearts. Sometimes the things that we're believing for only come after we have spent time close to him. And he puts these God-sized dreams in our hearts that are bigger than anything that we could have imagined or on our own. We've got opportunities to believe for things, whether it's our desires that God gives us, whether it's these big God-sized dreams that he puts on the inside of us. But if our mission, if our challenge for 2023 is to live by faith, then I think it's only fitting that we ask, how do we do that? After Hebrews 11 ends, listing all these heroes of the faith, listing all of these examples of how these men and women lived out the calling that God had on their lives, and then ultimately that they didn't always see the answer that they were looking for, we pick up in Hebrews 12, verse 1, that says, Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. If we're going to live in God's will, the first thing that we have to do is to get rid of the stuff that's keeping us from being able to live that out. To throw off everything that hinders, that sin that so easily entangles. My questions for you now are to ask yourself, what's holding you back? What are the things that are trapping you that you feel entangled by right now? What are the things that are distracting you? Is there something that is to the point where it's no longer just an annoying habit, but it's a significant struggle in your life that this is the year that you need help with? Maybe it's something that's moved beyond a habit and now we're to an addiction. And this is the year that it's time to be honest with someone. If we're feeling trapped, if they're feeling like there's no way out, now is the time, this is the year where you get to be honest with a friend, with a pastor, with somebody to be able to get the help that you need, to be able to throw off whatever is holding you back. Maybe this is the year that you find a support group or a recovery program. I don't know what that looks like for you, but this can be the year that you shake off and throw off the things that are entangling and snaring you so that you're able to live out the life that God has for you. Because I believe that you can be a great Christian and love God and want to serve him with all your heart and still have things that are holding you back. 
My prayer that this would be the year that shame is not allowed to have a place in your life anymore, that you would be able to take the bold steps, that that first step of faith is to be able to ask for the help that you need to be able to cast off everything that would be holding you back. But after we throw off what's holding us back, then we run with perseverance. I'm not saying that this is going to be the easy part. We don't use words like persevere and throw off when things are easy. Sometimes it takes a commitment to hard work, that you're deciding that you're going to quit, you're not going to quit, no matter what. That if you fall, you get back up. We also remember that we don't do this on our own. We bring people alongside us to help us walk through things. But then, more importantly, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who empowers us. The Holy Spirit who equips us. The Holy Spirit who is our comforter and is right by our side. The one who is in us and is helping us to become victorious, to be more than conquerors. We have the Holy Spirit's power to help us to do all of this. There's no way we can do it in our own strength. But as we throw off the things that hold us back, and as we run with perseverance, we set our eyes on Jesus. We fix our eyes on him who is our perfect and holy example. We follow his example. We pray to God knowing that not everything we pray for will be answered the way we want it to. Because not everything that Jesus prayed for was answered the way he wanted it to. The rest of Hebrews 12, 2 says, But for the joy set before him, talking about Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What living by faith does mean is that no matter what the answer is that you're looking for, that God is faithful. We willingly do what his will asks us to do, no matter the cost. That's what living by faith looks like. I don't know what God is calling you to do. I don't know what you're believing for, what your God-sized dream would be, what action of faith that you need to take to start making that faith step a reality. But living by faith means that no matter what the call is, that you'll say yes What I want you to know is that it's not the size of the action or the specific action itself that's what pleases God. It's the step of faith. We've all got different calls. We've all got different opportunities to please God, and we know that faith is the only way that we really can please him. For some of us, it's choosing to be a stay-at-home mom. That's a big step of faith. For some, it's going back into the workforce. That's a big step of faith. Some, it's retirement. That's a big step of faith. For some, it is selling your things and moving across the world like I've got friends who are heading to Japan to go be missionaries. That's a big step of faith. But my friends who are headed to Japan are not being applauded any more than the friend who felt God call her to be a stay-at-home mom because that's what God wanted her to do in that season. We can't compare each other's stories. We can't compare each other's callings. We can't compare each other's steps of actions. What's important is that we take the step that God is calling us to take the step to do. As we get ready to wrap up, um, I asked my friends one final question. And the final question that I asked them was, how do you think you please God? 
or in our language, how do we do God's will? How do we do what God is calling us to do? One said by helping people. One said by praising God. One said to do whatever he says for me to do. An adult said having a heart for helping others, loving people and showing them his love. One said to pray to him or to talk to God. One of my 10-year-old friends said worshiping him and trusting him that he knows what's right and telling other people about the way he loved us. Nine-year-old said to do kind things. And another one that I think just pretty much sums everything up said to be fully surrendered to him and to do what he asks, making his agenda my agenda and be flexible rather than focusing on just what I want. Pretty profound. We could have just said that and been done. But we take these steps of faith. And I don't know what that looks like for you this year. I don't know what God is placing on your heart to believe for. I don't know what relationships he's asking you to invest in. Because sometimes it would have been easier to be called to leave. Abraham was called to leave the people that he knew. To be able to go to this new land. He was going to get an answer once he got there. Sometimes it would be easier to go. Sometimes the call is to stay. Sometimes the call is to invest in those family relationships that seem really hard. Sometimes it's to invest in that annoying coworker, because we've all had one, right? That annoying coworker, the one that's hard to love. Sometimes, maybe for my younger friends, it's to go be with the person who's sitting by themselves all alone in the cafeteria at school. I don't know what God is challenging you with this year. But I want you to do the brave thing, which is to say yes to whatever that it is. I want you to know that 2023 can be the year that you walk into in faith because we serve a God who is faithful. If you would stand with me, we're going to go into one more time of worship. But as you stand, I want you to know these altars are open. They're always open. And if you feel like there's something that you need to throw off or to let go of, you can come. If there's something that you feel like God has already placed on your heart and you want to commit that to him this year, you can come. If there's nothing specific that I've said, but you just want to be able to come and draw closer to him this morning, you can come. Let's join together in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for what you are doing in this place. God, I thank you for the acts of faith that we're able to, to step into, that you are faithful, and it's because of your faithfulness that we can walk in boldness, that we don't have to be afraid of the yes, because you're not going to call us to do something that you haven't equipped us for or will not prepare for us to do. God, if there's things that we need to throw off, let this be the year. Let this be the year that we make the brave decisions to throw off the distractions, to throw off the addictions, to throw off the things that are holding us back from following your will. But God, I pray that as we go through, that you would be our sustainer, that we're able to persevere because of your help, and that we're able to fix our eyes on you, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.